You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody, welcome back. It's time for episode 190 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody, especially you troopers who stuck in there with episode 189 and those gremlins who caused audio issues. Um, but before anything starts in this episode, I just wanted to issue a mea culpa. My bad for that. Uh, I, I feel bad for I, I feel bad for everybody who had to sit through that for an hour. Uh, but I definitely want to apologize to uh, Marie and Michelle who jumped in at the 11th hour to to sit in to discuss the last or the I keep calling it the last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker teaser, and that was the end result of of that. So uh, my bad. Goddamn Gremlins doing everything to to throw off the show. But uh, hopefully this is coming in loud and clear. I sound all right, right, guys? We checked. I, I know. Great. I know. We, I know. We checked this about two minutes ago, but. Uh, I've lost faith in my recording setup here, so as long as we're good now, um, you know, let's pray for the best. God. <laughs> it sucked, too, because it was like the most lucrative news weekend we've maybe ever had in Star Wars. Like, think about that. Like, I don't know that we ever had a weekend as stuffed with huge Star Wars news as we had last weekend. I don't know if I can think of one. With Kenobi and a teaser, the Mandalorian. I don't know that there's ever been something so big, and that well, maybe, maybe maybe not like in quantity wise, but definitely quality wise, that was the most abundant we've ever seen. Like it was like triple combo. Oh, it was yeah, and you know this, there was still little bits about Andor, little bit about Clone Wars. It it was crazy. What a weekend, man! Uh, bits but we're and bits. we're gonna we're gonna live off that weekend for another week here. And uh, happy to do it, man, because um, I just want to talk more about this Rise of Skywalker teaser trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't get a chance last week, and we were really disappointed about that because it actually hadn't aired at that point yet. So we had heard whispers of what it was about. and Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, we'll get into that first. But first, let's just say happy belated birthday weekend, Carlos. How was, yeah. your, how was your weekend, my friend? Holy cow! Yeah, thanks. Uh, it was good. It was good. I can't really complain. I uh, yeah, I had a busy week at work and uh, had the kids. So yeah, it was a lot of um, a lot of to and fro. Um, but uh, through it all, my uh, my sister and my mom were able to uh, kind of trick me into uh, going to a an open house. Uh, that was uh, concealed as a birthday party, a surprise party for my 40th birthday. So uh, that was uh, that was kind of fun. And um, I kind of half thought, like there was like that ego boost is like, oh, yeah, they're throwing me a surprise party. <laughs> and then, you know, then, you know, the realistic slap in the face is like, dude, nobody cares about you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why would anybody do that? So I was kind of not sure exactly, but um getting close to it i kind of figured it out and uh but it was fun i had a really really good time and uh yeah and uh that actually helps uh brings us to our collecting update if you want to get there 
Uh, I don't know if uh, yeah, you guys sure. you guys sure. want to jump into that. Sure. Well, I, I mean, let, let's let the birthday boy spill the beans. What do you, what do you got, Carlos? So uh, I got uh, a brand new Star Wars T-shirt. And uh, I got a a pair of Star Wars pajamas. Uh, nice, uh, nice soft uh, bottom, and uh, the the top of the pajama says "I am your father," which is great. <laughs> Not, nothing like my... a pair of Star Wars pajamas. A little Star Wars jammy action as you hit forty. Yeah. A little jam jams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're really comfortable, so I'm really happy with that. And, boop, boop, boop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I picked up a couple of a uh, couple of Lego sets yesterday. I got um, a couple of the fortieth anniversary, uh, sorry, the twentieth anniversary sets of uh, the ATSP with the twentieth uh, anniversary Vader, and I got uh, Anakin's Pod Racer with the twentieth anniversary Luke. So I'm uh, just missing the uh, the Slave One from the twentieth anniversary line. Cool. Uh, yeah, not bad. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not counting the con exclusives, uh, like the Vader bust or the Sith, um, the Sith trooper bust. I don't have those, but uh, you know, one I thing at a time. Yeah, I think we're gonna get that Sith uh, trooper, the the bust soon. I think. I think they're gonna re-release that to the the general public. Um, but the cel- the celebration Vader bust is like. I think they're selling it for a hundred a hundred dollars on eBay right now, if yikes. not more. Yikes! Yeah, uh, for two hundred something pieces, it's a hard pass. That's a hard pass, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and with the new sets coming out, it's like there's bigger fish to fry. Well, those those come out in a in a one month from tomorrow. Yes, essentially, I know. or a month and three days or so. It's 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 right around the corner. It is. Yeah, looking really forward to that. So that's it. I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a Star Wars collecting update. Uh, what about you, Corey? You're always buying stuff. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, I had an amazing weekend. I just want to tell you guys, I went to Tromblon. I saw I saw five deer, man. That was awesome. Took my yeah. kid to his on his first roller coaster. It was such <laughs> a beautiful thing. Anyway, I had, I had a load of fun, man. So I thought that was really great. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely I've been hitting up. Every Thursday, I'll, I'll go and check the uh, the market in the area, kind of, and I see them restocking things, but just not the right things. So, anyway, I've been splurging a lot on Marvel lately, but I, I did find the Yoda archives figure and in the wild, yeah, in the wild. It was the last one on the pegs there. They had a few Anakin's back on the shelves there at Toys R Us, so I'd seen they they had restacked twice in two weeks. So I was kind of taking note you know like it seems every thursday is the hot day to go so i've been uh hitting what, it was up Yoda half thursday. price because again it, it's that's a, it's a two inch figure yeah pretty much it's it's but you know it, it's crazy <laughs> i you know i don't have him from the original series i eventually plan on getting him at one point but i don't know i just had to have him and it's really sad because i don't know if you guys remember uh again this is the first time i've seen him in the wild but that kind of added to it and I heard things and anyhow, it's, <laughs> I always said like, man, I don't know about the archives. I might get one or two, but, uh, I pretty much have them all now, except for one. I, w- I wonder if you can guess which one that is, Kyle. Oh, I think you skipped the X-Wing Luke. Oh, I, I skipped it. All right. 
<laughs> I just left him. I said, hey, you, you stay there. Just stay in your plastic prison. Well, you should probably pick one up because soon you won't you won't find them and then you're going to feel well, I have an original. I don't I don't have the 40th anniversary, but I did find an original at a, at a con this year and got it snagged it at an amazing price. I just beat this guy up so bad. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> package deal, all this for this. He was like, oh, really? Tack on another five bucks. Okay. <laughs> but I also got the uh, EB Games exclusive animated Boba Fett from the holiday special. I don't know. I just felt like that was weird enough. And uh, I wanted it. And I thought it was exclusive enough. So, yeah, I had to pick that up. Yeah, I'm drafting in right right behind you there. I also scored the EB Games Boba Fett. I, I love it. I just love it. I, I, saw, I saw pictures of it online some time ago. And I'm not, again, I'm not like in the bag for Boba Fett. I think he's fine. Whatever. He's, he is what it is. But I just love this representation of him from the holiday special, the animated. Yeah. It's, With the prongs there. Yeah, he's got his uh, tuning fork rifle. He's got the <laughs> the baby blue helmet, the yellow chest plate. It's just a great looking Funko. It translated so well to Funko form. So I, I went out and got my hands on that. Uh, I also, you know, I said I was out. I said I was out on Black Series, but I dipped my toes back in this week. Yes. What'd you get? Which one? Clone Commander Kenobi. What? Oh, I'm so, I, I am so happy. Oh. Did you score this in the wild or are you ordering this online? No, no. He went on sale this weekend at EB Games. I'm so happy to have Clone Commander Kenobi in my possession. Such a good figure. So, oh. so nice. Telling you, oh, that's a great figure. I, I need that figure. Well, I, I, again, it's another thing. I, it was a Walgreens exclusive in the States. And I remember seeing the pictures for that online. I'm like, I don't care. I, don't, I, I am getting that figure. And I waited and waited and waited to see who would pick it up here. There's really only one choice. Sometimes Toys R Us gets these, but more often than not, EB Games, as the niche dealer in Canada, they get them. And... Sure enough, it went on sale this weekend. A few guys were able, a few stores put it on sale earlier since they had the stock. But uh, the the official street date was September first, and I was I was at an EB Games yesterday. I saw it and tears of joy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'll be be able to score one, but I, I've definitely seen it on the uh, the Black Series group there, whatever that they they've come. It's finally arrived. I love it, man. Forehead mole and everything. It's perfect. No, he, he looks... It's fantastic. It's so, so, so nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I said I was going to stay clean until Triple Force Friday. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, first of all, I need this figure. It's exclusive. It's going to sell fast. They're not going to stock this forever, so I'm buying it now. I need it. Basically, hit me up. I need the smack. <laughs> but the other thing I told myself is, I, realistically, come Triple Force Friday, I'm, I'm probably not going to be that busy. I'm not, I don't think I'll be buying those five inch figures unless I buy a couple for my kids. Oh, hell no. I might buy a Mandalorian Black Series. Yeah. That's really all I'm interested in at this point. Unless, I, I don't know if any vintage collection figures will hit the pegs on Triple Force Friday. I don't, I haven't heard of any. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming no right now. And then there's the Lego, which doesn't always sell out. Like, I want the Y-Wing above and beyond anything else. 
But if it doesn't, I mean, if I don't get it right away, I'm not going to die. So I think Triple Force Friday is going to be, I'm going to probably, I mean, this is crazy, but I'm probably going to end up sitting it out. I'll oh, just watch the Mando. That's going to be a sweet one to find in the wild. That's a, that's going to be a nice looking Black Series figure. Probably. Again, but if I don't get it, I don't think I'll be heartbroken. Oh, you will be. Trust me. Nah, I don't have that. I don't, I'm not having that same. Once you see the show, you're going to be like, why didn't I get one? But I, I, he's going to come in vintage collection anyway. And I know it's not Black Series, but I, I remember seeing when I saw the Kenobi figure, I had that reaction like, oh, my God, I'm buying that. But this, when I saw the Mando, I'm like, cool figure. I'd like to get one. And I, yeah, I, I want one, but I'm not going to go nuts trying to find it. So, yeah, good, good collecting update. I'm happy with both, really happy with both pieces I got this weekend. Both exclusives, which is kind of rare. Yeah, hoorah, all around. Yeah. Good work, boys. <laughs> I just, okay, before we jump into the, uh, the, the teaser here, I, I have to share this email. This came in from Rob from Generation X-Wing. It was a nice note, so I thought I'd share it here. He wrote, Hello everyone from the Tumbling Saber. Just wanted to send a quick letter to share some thoughts regarding the show. Over the last little while, Tumbling Saber has really grown and strengthened, and it has a lot to do with all the people involved. Tumbling Saber has collected a varied group of true Star Wars fans who demonstrates a strong passion and love for this little space saga. From Corey and Carlos's love of collecting to Marie and Michelle's vast knowledge of the books, and finally Kyle's talent of bringing it all together and keeping up with the news, hurting the cats, and avoiding the clickbait. You have all kept me up to date with the TV, movies, and books, and maintained this love for a galaxy far, far away. I just wanted to pass on my appreciation for what you all do. Keep up the great work. That from Rob Williams with a PS. I'm with Corey on this, by the way. Firefly is a frigging awesome show, and you are missing out. <laughs> oh, goddamn! I love that guy. Thank you so much, Rob. <laughs> oh, Rob, that's that is awesome. that's that is an extremely thoughtful message. These things always teams tend to come in just when you need to hear them, and that's exactly what the case was with Rob. Thank you so much, Rob. Honestly, that, that means a lot. All right, so let's jump in here to some news. Actually, did you guys hear about the Disney Hotel? Yeah, the Star Destroyer? No, no, the uh, it's more like it resembles a Corellian Corvette, but it's it's gussied up. It's this fancy-looking thing. It's it's called the, the Halcyon. What? I thought it was the Star Destroyer. Negative. They're, so they're not doing that? I like on they ever one were. Of the other. Really, eh? Well, unless, unless you just kind of substituted Star Destroyer as, as what the ship would be. But no, it's it's like a luxury cruiser. It looks a bit like a Corellian Corvette. It's bigger. It's fancier. Um, But yeah, I mean, now we're starting to get like fuller details. And like this, this Westworld-style getaway just gets a, a little bit closer. And, and according to Disney, like visitors will be able to stay for this. It's a two-night adventure on this glamorous ship called the Halcyon. And you you check in, and then you board a pod, and you get this simulated trip up to the Halcyon, I guess, in orbit. And then once you're there, uh, you, you interact with these actors who are in character. And there's there's like full Star Wars alien costumes and like human costumes. But you interact with these people, and they'll try to get you to buy into this storyline, like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing, as you're on board, which I guess you can also pass on. But uh, it, your your choices impact, like how the story unfolds, as you as, over the two, the, the, I guess the two nights that you stay there. 
and you get to you get to explore the ship and test out your lightsaber skills and I think training remotes are, are part of it. I'd love to see how that how that works out. Um, the ship docks at Batu, which is good cross promotion for Galaxy's Edge, and but the cost is just out of this world. It's like hundreds of dollars per person per night. Like I want to say like like in the order of like seven eight hundred bucks per night per person each. What? It's nuts. Like I it's astronomical. Like it's it's <sighs> at the point where. Like, I'm not even sad about it. It's just not at all in the cards. It's like owning a Lamborghini. It's like, oh, yeah, forget it. Not even Jesus. in the realm of possibility. But it, it sounds incredible. Oh, man, that sucks. I mean, Disney doesn't do cheap. That's Aside from Disney Plus to start, this type yeah, of thing was never going to be cheap. That's bullshit in the sense that Walt Disney wanted to have a theme park that, you know, families and stuff can go to. Eh, Disney's more and more becoming for upper upper echelon. You know, it's it's you just oh, that's, unless that's you crap, live there. It's, it's, I would be willing to spend like I don't know, say three hundred dollars a day to do something like that per person. That's like if you take your two people. That's six hundred bucks U.S. That's like close to nine hundred Canadian almost. Yeah, no, it's it's more than that. <laughs> it's yeah, it is nine hundred Canadian. That. That's, that's roughly that for sure. Plus your transport. But anyway, like the cost is astronomical, but don't forget, like, of course, this is a one of a kind experience. There's nothing else out there like it. But if there's actors involved, they've got to get paid. And just like your regular room rates, even even like a double hotel room, hotel room rate is not going to cut it. Like there's a lot of people that have to get paid for this. Anyway, I just thought it was worth mentioning. We're certainly going to hear more about this in the in the months to come weeks to come but yeah it's it sounds nuts and it is priced nuts and uh i'll i'll look forward to hearing somebody talk about it yeah. <laughs> all right guys so let's let's dive back into this teaser for the rise of skywalker and again there's not much in terms of news so we're gonna live off d23 do you guys get the sense that uh that we're kind of heading back into this little bit of black hole of news no, I think we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get little trickles from now until the the last the last trailer, uh, the full trailer. I mean, that's really only a month away. Yeah, we're gonna get a couple of little little dropples here and there. A dropple. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm taking I'm taking after uh, Mopar. I'm inventing words. <laughs> Jeez. A little dropple of news. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, rather than go by beat by beat like we did last week. Um, Rick sent us a e- uh, voicemail, so I'll play that now, um, and then we'll use Rick's commentary as sort of a, a springboard into our discussion of, of the Rise of Skywalker teaser, so let's do that. Let's listen to Rick now. Hey, Tumbling Saber crew, it's Rick in Chicago. It's uh, Friday. Driving home from work. I'm midway through episode 189, this marathon 15-hour episode that I got to sit through which has been uh, pretty enjoyable. And I'm listening to you guys talk about the Rise of Skywalker, Kyle and Michelle, and um, yeah, and uh, everything that's happened over last weekend. And I've had a couple of thoughts concerning what we're seeing in uh, in the Rise of Skywalker footage. Two things particularly, Um, the first being 
Kyle, you asked who is, uh, who's Palpatine talking to in this sizzle reel? And I had the idea that what if he's not talking to either Kylo or Rey? I mean, why would he be telling either one of them that their journey is coming to an end? Um, if he was possessing Rey, wouldn't he seek, you know, some kind of longevity? And if he was talking to Kylo as kind of a new leader of the Sith, why would he be saying that to him as well? So my thought is that he might be talking to Luke. That if Luke is a Force ghost and his lineage may be very, very intrinsically tied to Palpatine, if there was a manipulation of midichlorians um, that created Anakin, again, speculating there, um, that he sees Palpatine in his afterlife, and he, as he's becoming one with the Force, that Palpatine has found a way to commune with him, and he's telling Luke, that's his threat to Luke, you know, that uh, his journey's coming to an end, that his time with as a Force ghost won't last as long as he thinks it will. Um, he's still in in the both of their afterlives is taunting him into thinking that even in this non-corporeal form that he can't win. Um, that he isn't capable of winning at this point. Um, he's still kind of teasing him, kind of goading him, kind of being a dick. Um, uh, and um, the other thing, the... Um, the big fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers. Now you say that, you know, that could be the galactic parking lot. That's, they've been out there for years. Now it looks like they have those, you know, giant cannons on the bottom. Um, they almost look like the ion cannons from uh, Empire Strikes Back on Halt that the Rebels have. They look kind of rounded. If they're Death Star tech, it would make sense because we saw that in uh, Force Awakens. I'm sorry, in uh, The Last Jedi on Crate. So it would make sense that they would find a way, would have found a way to um, build those into the bottom of the Star Destroyers. And maybe they have been sitting out in an unknown regions or in some uncharted corner of space that, you know, from what it looks like, uh, Janna and Finn stumble across or are told to go there. Maybe that's Lando's part is like, hey, I heard that there's a... Uh, secret fleet the katana fleet is way out in this part of space um so they go out to investigate it and they find these however dozens of dozens of, of star destroyers my thought concerning them is what if that's not the threat what if that becomes the thing that they can use what if the resistance as we know it now is so ragtag and they don't have all the resources that they need to really combat the First Order, what if they find that fleet and that becomes the Resistance fleet? You know, what if they, that's the thing that turns the tide for them, that they can start using that against whatever First Order armaments that they come across, that, that way, you know, they, they can level the playing field against them and that really gives them their chance to fight the, uh, you know, superior firepower of the First Order. Um, and again, that's me thinking, you know, JJ putting a, a, a twist on everything that, you know, nothing is 
as it seems. So those are my two thoughts um, concerning the uh, Rise of Skywalker footage. I have some thoughts about Dark Side Ray that uh, I think that that may be Palpatine. Uh, I, I still think it's a vision. I don't think there's anything tangible to that. Um, I think that's his way of challenging Kylo. I don't think that's him saying, you know, this is what you could become. You can possess this strength. I think Kylo seeing a dark side ray is a challenge to him. You know, he said that he wants to have a, um, a, almost like a partner. You know, he tells Ray that he wants to teach her that they can use their powers together and they can rule the galaxy in whatever way I would imagine he sees fit. It would be his say and not hers. But if she becomes that strong in possessing a dark side capability, um, that would be a challenge to him. So I think that's Palpatine's way of issuing, you know, kind of a kind of a threat to to Kylo. Anyway, I rambled on long enough. Um, I'm very curious to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Three-hour episodes are fine by me. Of course, I fell behind this week as I got through um, Black Spire, which y'all need to read it if you haven't or if you are. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, please read it. I think so far it's my favorite Star Wars book that's come out this year, and there's been a handful of them. So anyway, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Um, I look forward to listening to this uh, in a couple of days. Cheers, y'all, and uh, may that force be with you. Rick, 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 Rick. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Remember that SNL sketch? Yeah. <laughs> Rick, 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 Rick. Uh, Horatio Sands was the best because he could never keep it together. I know. <laughs> him Him and what's his face? Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon was the worst. He was the all-time worst for not being able to, to hold, but... Horatio Sands with Amy Poehler kind of like running around him like that as the hyperactive child. <laughs> he was always on the verge of breaking. It was so good. I'm just thinking of the sketch for the Christmas song. They came back oh. for a reunion of that not too long ago. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what's this what's the lyrics i don't care what your mama said christmas time is near i wish it was christmas today and it's tracy morgan just dancing up and just bouncing up and down yep just turn, oh. just, just twisting his head deadpanning oh. the camera it's so funny. Actually, oh, Chris Catan's in that too, right? Yes, he is. And Jimmy Fallon's there, and her- yeah, it's four of them, right? It's Horatio Sands. Horatio Jimmy Sands is playing on the guitar. Jimmy Fallon's playing the keyboard that Chris Catan is holding. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Morgan's dancing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I love that. Hey, focus, focus. They do that. I think they play that every Christmas episode. As they yes. should. You can't get away with not doing it. I Google it. No, I, I YouTube it every once in a while. 
You know the uh, other thing I love from that SNL Christmas special. I just every year I see it and I I can't get enough of it. It's it's Will Ferrell as Robert Goulet, I think. No, is he Robert Goulet? It's when he's on that spinning dais and he's got the 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 hose up his sleeve for when he starts puking. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm Robert Goulet. I I actually don't think he was Robert Goulet. He was somebody else. But nevertheless, it still makes me cry laughing every year. I think that SNL Christmas special is got. It's got to be my favorite thing of the year. From SNL, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and also like of the season. Like I just look forward to it so much, even though it airs like two. Thanksgiving's good too. Thanksgiving's good. There's a Halloween special. Thanksgiving. They're all so so good. But do you know who's hosting the uh, Christmas episode this year? Eddie Murphy. Uh, Yeah. Really? Eddie Murphy's back. Oh boy. It's either gonna be really. It's gonna be spectacular or awful. You think he's going to pull up buckwheat? Of course. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood? I don't know. (laughs) Somebody hosted... uh, Adam Sandler came back, right, last year, and he's going to pull all these... He's going to pull out all the old stops, and they didn't, really. They kind of worked them in into this skit where it was like the Sandler family reunion, and all the different cast members were playing characters that Adam Sandler had done on SNL in years past, but... Eddie I don't Murphy know. wasn't on the show that long. He had Buckwheat and he had Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. And if it's a Christmas show, you're, you're for sure that's going to be as part of it. I, I would, I will, I will lose it if they re, if they build the Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood set. It's an eviction notice. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. I'm sorry. That's yeah. a, see, see, Corey, as I tried, opposed to like. Lady in the Detour, a uh, lady, <laughs> Lady in the <laughs> Tramp Detours. This is a worthy one. <sighs> I didn't take that long on that. I just mentioned it in the passing, you know, which it's out ne- there, which never should have happened in the first place. It was all, it was all for the Disney Plus thing. They don't need your help. All <sighs> right. So Rick brings up, um, th- I guess, th- three main talking points. Uh, and actually, first. Rick says, uh, yeah, listening to this marathon episode that I gotta sit through. <laughs> hey, 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 Rick. Nobody's forcing you, bud. <laughs> he's the first one that he's the first one that said, well, well after me, because I've always said I, I love the three hour shows. But uh he, he came on record quite early that he loved those three hour shows. So. Yeah, a few people were like, Yep, three hour shows, man. Three hour shows. Thumbs up. Oh, God. I love nope. them. I love listening to them. Sometimes being on them is tough. but It's uh... a little tough. <laughs> Carlos, if you hit the 40 club, they get tougher. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? We, we Somehow we may have another one next month when that full trailer hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, all right, so Rick's, I guess the, for Rick's first major talking point was, um, who is Palpatine talking to? And he's suggesting that maybe Palpatine is talking to Rick. So the, uh, obviously the to, full to line. Rick? Uh, to Luke. Oh, jeez. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> so Rick is suggesting that Palpatine is talking to Luke. So Corey, I'll come to you first. Who, who what your initial reaction when... You first saw the teaser, 
Who did you think he was talking to? And what do you think of Rick's take? Um, definitely went through the gamut in my mind. Like I kind of was like initially right away off the bat, he's talking to Ray. Like she's kind of like the chosen one, the new one, you know? And then I was like, okay, maybe it could be Kylo. He's trying to convince Kylo of his dark ways. And he's almost that close to becoming that Sith, that Vader person that he wants to be. But Luke had never come across my mind. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's plausible, but where's I just he's already had that conversation with Luke. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like if you wanted to throw someone else in the mix, maybe Anakin. Somehow. Yeah, that's what I was. You know, when I start thinking about other names, that's another one. Yeah, like I don't know, like you know, somehow from from beyond the grave, they're like still their essence is out there somehow whatever they've done with themselves like i don't know i but thinking about it initially it always to me the trailer alludes to ray with the lightsaber and all that stuff so you know yeah, with I, with what follows next yeah you naturally you would assume that the dialogue is directed to ray for sure i mean that the most logical thing to think about in the film as well from the dark dark side perspective is that you know, they want to get this last force pawn in their place, you know, like, like Kylo's already broken. So we just got to turn her and the tide will turn, you know? Yeah. Well, on the, yeah, for sure. I mean, but on, on the Anakin point, what I, what I thought what might be interesting is like you said, their essence are, are out there. So I don't know if like Anakin's influence tries to interfere in some way. But what if the the line is of is Palpatine kind of taunting Anakin? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was Tell, thinking. Telling him that like once I take Kylo, you know, the Skywalkers will all be dead. Like maybe Palpatine fears the Skywalkers now, and maybe well, he, he always has. Maybe he always has, but he's like, I've got your nephew or your your grandson, and once I take him. Your, and your it. clone. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, Palpatine tells Luke, you know, he goes, you, like your father, are now mine. Like, he believes that the Chosen One belongs to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is there is that. Um, he, he probably still feels that way about the whole bloodline. For sure. Absolutely. And especially seeing as how Ray's a Skywalker as well. As, you know, it all makes sense. Bloodline. What if he's talking to Leia? Hmm. Ooh, that could be interesting too. Ooh, God, wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Why Just is rubbers the wrong way? That's oh, wow. her journey. No, it doesn't make sense. Why your journey's almost complete? I don't know. I, mean, I don't if, know why. If, if Leia's doesn't doesn't survive this movie, what if she has a, like a Padmeish death where he's sort of draining her life force? I mean, that's sort of the, I think the agreed upon assumption is that Palpatine sucked Padme's life out of her to, to sustain Vader. What if, what if he's doing a similar thing to Leia and he's taunting her? Yeah, I don't know. I just shook myself. Yeah, that, that's not speaking to me too much. I think Palpatine speak. I'll be. I think he's speaking to Kylo, but that's just uh, from from where I stand. It it is quite. It, we, we're going to talk about it, but uh, 
the dark ray vision is wearing Leia's ring. And it's it's kind of like, are, is that just something that they're throwing in there for, as misdirection? Or, uh, you know, th- there's so much going on that uh, is it all going to be part of the movie? Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to put your finger on, but uh, it's definitely intriguing. Frankly, I think any name you plug in there can makes for an intriguing plot point, whether it's Kylo or Luke or Rey or even Leia, Anakin, whatever. To me, they, they all present interesting possibilities, for sure. Uh, then I think Rick brought up the fleet of Star Destroyers. Ooh, boom. Which I loved the shot of that. We got like three or four different kind of looks at that fleet. I, I didn't, at first I was like, whoa, man, what is going on? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Oh. Very, reminded me of Solo a bit in the Eye of the Storm, you know, the Maelstrom. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So what if, like Rick said, what if, um, what what if the heroes commandeer that fleet, use it for their own ends? You know, it's, it's really interesting you said that because I kind of definitely had the same thought in the sense that it seems when they get there, uh, well, we don't even know, like things can be spliced together in this trailer, but it very much looks like Finn gets there. And it seems to be like this is a secret, possibly even a race between them and the First Order. These ships do seem abandoned. If they're if they're manned, like these guys are kind of dead, like something's going on there. Another thing that came to my mind, too, about uh, who who could possibly give them this kind of information. You know, the first name, name that popped in my head, Maz. Maybe that's the mission that Maz is on in The Last Jedi. I guess Maz is just one of those people that has information, man. Like this is valuable information. Like what else can she provide to this story? It kind of looks like Leia is going to be Ray's rock. So where does Maz come into the picture? Like she's got to throw, she's got to give something, you know what I mean? She's got to put something on the table and this would be valuable info. Like, you know, she has a relationship with Poe or uh, Finn, sorry. He could talk with her, you know, this is what's going on. This There's this place in space that has a fleet of ships. But it, it again, it seems almost too coincidental in the sense that uh, a Legion General Pro- or Admiral Pride or Price, I can't remember, Pride. Pride. Yeah. Yeah, so with him in the picture, it almost seems like it's something that he's had – in his back pocket or his sleeve up his sleeve the whole time. So I don't know. I don't know if the first order knows about this, but if they do, it's, it's really interesting. I don't know, but I definitely had the same kind of impression. I don't know if, I just don't know either if the rebellion or the resistance has the manpower to be able to man that many ships at this point, you know? No, that's a fair point. There's like 12 of them, so... <laughs> 12 of them? There was way more than 12. No, no, I mean members of the Resistance. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I don't know who they get to pilot them. Carlos, what do you think? What what, what went through your mind with that shot? And what do you think of, of Rick's point? Um, well, the shot is glorious. I mean, it's uh, like Corey said, it's uh, very reminiscent of the Maelstrom. Uh, with the lightning 
and um, it's really really nice to see a, an Imperial Star Destroyer as opposed to a First Order Star Destroyer. Um, my first thought is Palpatine's behind everything. Like this is this is his fleet. Yeah, it seems like it's little little hints of it in in New Canon for the last couple of years of, of a collection or an Imperial remnant just gathering, massing out in the unknown regions. Now this is paying off, and I love it. I love that this is paying off. But it very much seems like that, though. Eh? Like, like it's Finn's mission to find these destroyers or something. I can't see him. But um, the look on their face almost—it seems like a surprise to them too. You know, like, like they stumble upon them almost. Well, I think I think we've heard talk of um, at least one MacGuffin in this movie. I think this fleet's one of them. I definitely think a fleet of that size, because, I mean, they all, I've been calling it, the, I think everybody's been calling it sort of like that, that galactic parking lot. They, these Star Destroyers don't look like they're very active to me. It looks like they've just been hiding well, out about, there, waiting for someone to come seize them. I've also heard a theory about, I didn't see it, to be honest, um, but some people have said that they see that each of these Star Destroyers has a red strip on them, right? Do they? I haven't seen it, but I've heard that multiple sources saying that they have like a, like a red trim in certain points. And then other people have theorized because of that, that maybe it has something to do with that new Sith trooper. Yeah, that, that could make sense. Although, I mean, those, what we're seeing in the trailer are, are Imperial, right? Those are Imperial Star Destroyers. So why would, why would first order? I mean, they're first order looking Sith troopers. They're, if if they were if if the Sith trooper was if their stormtrooper outfit was imperial in design, I'd say sure. It but almost looks clone trooper. Yeah, there's a there's more of a it's more of a clone slash death trooper than and than a first order trooper in my I agree, opinion. Man. It well, yes, I, I it would say like, it's, it's and a, also because the first order is not they never associated themselves with the the Sith. Like Snoke wasn't a Sith. Kylo doesn't consider no, I know. himself. That's a that's Sith. why some, it's wasn't quite adding up for me. Because I you know I always looked at the Sith Trooper suit as you know, like there's definitely Death Trooper to it. Um but yeah, I, I, I saw more first order than Empire in there, to be honest. Like it's it's with those those lines that sort of follow the jaw. I mean I guess it's fair to call it whatever. But, you know Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to. It's. It's. It's too early to really go nuts over that. But it's. It's cool to me, man. I like Rick's theory that the good guys will somehow use that. It brings it around to the prequels, where the air quotes good guys use star destroyer-looking ships, those old Venator-class destroyers from uh, from the prequels. Those were occupied by the good guys, so that's one way to bring it around. Is to have the good guys flying those types of ships again. But what a cool shot! You see, yeah, uh, seriously. Uh, Kigo uh, sent us an image, super brightened up, and you can see like these ventral cannons on. Well, I guess most of them. Did you guys see that picture? On the star destroyers. Yeah, if you Ooh, look at it really brightened it. up, they all seem to have like this cannon. Tucked up inside the hull, underneath. So highly modified. 
Yeah, so uh, maybe that red blast we see raining down in the teaser is, comes from comes from that uh, ventral cannon from those star destroyers. And if that's the case, I would tend to think that the good guys will not get their hands on this fleet, at least not entirely. Maybe one ship. <laughs> we got a star destroyer. Uh, I guess that's something. <laughs> I guess. But anyway, yeah, the uh, like I said last week, the epilogue from Empire's End is suddenly so much more satisfying. So much more. Because like, the, the imagery painted by Chuck Wendig and even some of the language used, it's t- he's clearly talking about what I, what I believe to be this fleet trapped out in space. Really cool stuff. Love this connectivity coming together in the end. Yeah, I, I need this movie to bring to the fore the unknown regions for future projects. Yes, yeah, that's kind of I, I part with you there. I don't I want I don't want really there to be any hints of what's next. No, but I, I, I mean, want, I want this they, movie to just end the saga. I don't want to walk out of nine going. So, you know, those guys in the unknown regions or that planet out there that those guys will be blah, blah, blah in the next saga. I don't. I don't want to think about that. I just want to think yeah. about episodes one to nine. Yeah, I don't uh, need that. I don't need uh, more movies uh, about this. I stuff. just. I just want more information on the unknown regions. I think it's unknown for a reason. You know, like I think uh, there's a lot of story to be told there, and a lot of ancient stuff. It seems like. Well, absolutely, I, but you don't need to. I don't think you need to do that in this movie. No, but like what I'm saying is not uh, just shining a light on it in the sense that, you know, it's out there and, you know, like bring it to the fore. Yeah, I don't. If it serves the story, then of course go for it. But yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm, like it's a background element, but just knowing that introducing the larger audience too to this. There's this area of space that hasn't been explored yet. Like people don't know that. Like they think that. Like, uh, if I were to ask my, my girlfriend, you know, like, she'd be like, yeah, well, you know, they travel around the entire galaxy, right? And you're like, no, well, that, actually, there's this portion of the galaxy that's never been explored before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be thinking about that after episode nine. I just, I, I don't. There'll be, there's plenty of time to do that. There's, there's plenty of time to lay that foundation. I don't want them to give us much. Just to like, we're, I mean, we're gonna see it. It looks like we're gonna see it with this fleet, right? And that's what I'm talking about. Like, just to shine that little light on it. Yeah, I, I know. I, I I definitely know what you mean. But I I my hope anyway is that that they have this way of finding these star destroyers. They go to that spot. They collect the star destroyers and they get out. And we don't spend too much time kicking around the unknown regions. I just I don't want to know too much about it in this in, in at this point unless it's specific to episode nine. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about uh, Dark Side Ray. Carlos, what uh, what are you thinking about Dark Side Ray? Uh, my personal thoughts on uh, the uh, of what we saw is that it's a vision uh, of Ray standing in a mirror either being shown something 
um, to try to turn her or uh, just a vision of what could be if she makes the wrong choices. Um, I, I'm, I could pretty much... I'll, I'll bet uh, $100 on, uh, on it being she... Uh, being standing in front of a mirror. And well, in, the, in the shot, yeah. you can see very faintly, but it's it's there. You can see, I, I think, a, like a sliver of a pant leg, and like a, a little bit of a sleeve. It's you may like I think you may need help have it pointed out as I did, but it's there. But not not only that. Okay, like I had the same thing too. Like. Uh, just from a, a visual standpoint, like it could mean one of two things to me. It can mean, okay, representing dark, so it goes against the norm. But the shot in itself, to me, if you look at it, it's against the norm. Most of the time when you're looking at a character, they're in the left part of the screen or upper part of the screen, whatever. You know, like that's that's our comfort zone kind of. This is all – things are taking place on the right, which would – either mix with your emotions, but it could also represent the reflection in a mirror. You know what I mean? Like it's the opposite mm-hmm. side. It, do- it doesn't look right visually. Yeah, there uh, is something slightly off about the shot to me. Well, there, if you look, when you're looking at the shot and you slow it down on the right-hand side, right at the edge of, of the captured image, you actually see something moving and it yeah. actually moves in. Uh, like you were saying, it looked like a pant leg. For me, it's the cloak. Like you moving in unison? It's in unison with Ray's movement. So it's either Ray looking at a mirror of Ray or Ray looking at another Ray in a vision. Um, yeah, about to do, about to square off. That'd be cool. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't think of that, but uh, that could be that could be something that's interesting as well. But um, it's definitely but you know a cool, cool image, man. Like when you see her eyes, like they're not necessarily red, but they're the lightsaber. Ref- yeah, they're, ref- they're reflecting the light from the lightsaber, and um, it's uh, creepy. <laughs> it definitely. looked creepy. It was unsettling. I'll, I'll say that. To see Ray, like like you said, like I didn't necessarily think it was Sith eyes, but it looked like Sith eyes. I was like, ooh, yeah. It's, it also, was, it was jarring to see her that way. Like that, that's that's Ray. She's good. She doesn't do this, and here she is. But to me, it's it's kind of what what I what I kind of get this feeling of is when you think of Ray in the Force Awakens. Um, she's young. She's, she, she looks young. She has like a little bit of a baby face. She has a bit of a rounder face. And when you see her in the cloak, she looks very square, very sunken, looks like a woman, uh, who's coming to, uh, who's coming to her own with no baby fat. And it kind of reminds me of Ahsoka and the Clone Wars versus Ahsoka and Rebels, where you have the kid who became a woman, the character, the, the features of the character change as well. So you're kind of getting a little bit of that. Why is the lightsaber crackling like Kylo's? Uh, is it a, is it a fear thing? Is it uh, Palpatine saying you're going to take Kylo's place up my side? Um, you know, th- there's so much going on there, but um, 
I think it's just it's yeah, gonna like there's, f- I mean, there's so much there to point to vision right like it's where would she have gotten a lightsaber with a, a, another cracked crystal like where's the, where's her time for her to make that saber if it's if it's a, if it's real ray if if she's really gone down that path where does she get time to make that saber where does she get a cracked crystal does she take kylos from him there's just so many things like, and just like the way she looks like she doesn't look like she's Ray, but it doesn't look like her. And the, my God, there's so, the number of people saying that's not that's not Daisy Ridley. That's Carrie Russell. Uh, you wouldn't believe the number of people saying that. That's crazy. I thought that was nuts. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's Ray. Yeah, it's clear as day. It's especially Ray. since Daisy Ridley herself, like when she like her reaction to her seeing herself in the trailer in that state she's like oh my god they like you guys put that in the trailer like it's her anyway it's ray it's down by the bay (laughs) listen to what i say (laughs) (laughs) but yeah real pay (laughs) listen to this this is crazy man this just popped in my head this is crazy this is just out there okay it is by Imagine default. Sith army, okay? <laughs> what if Ray is actually a, a clone and there's an army of Rays against the one Ray? You know what I mean? What if the Star Destroyers are all filled with clone Rays? That would be crazy. That would be what like What if Clone Ray is married to Newt Gunray? Whoa! And then we have a little bunch of baby Ray Rays. Ray Gunray. Ray on the Ray Ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all all, all of... the Raylos out there are like, how dare you? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Hey, hey. It, it, it's, it's fine. Hey, but wouldn't it be nice, though? Like, everybody could get what they want if, if you know, if, if Kylo is madly in love with Ray, which I never really saw, but some people did, and that's fine. He can leave good Ray alone. Because he doesn't deserve her, just go off with Bad Ray. Well, this is the thing. We all win. Listen just, to this. Just go. <laughs> I had this written down earlier, but I didn't. Um, what if the vision isn't actually Ray's, like seeing yourself, like the Luke seeing himself in Empire, but more like Kylo seeing a vision of Ray's future and that possibly shifting his mindset. And that you, we know that he has some kind of connection with her. Maybe it will be the turning to point for him to be like, here, look, this is what she's going to become. And he's like, no, 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 Like something's wrong here. Like, yeah, that could, that could mirror what, like Luke's reaction when, when uh, Vader yeah. talks Leia, right? Yes. No. Like, the, yeah. It's so that it could be, it could be Palpatine getting into Kylo's head saying, yeah, okay, well, if you're not going to turn, this is what I'll do to her. And maybe that's the thing that snaps with Kylo and says, no, okay, fine. No, th- this is done. That, that, I would accept that. But I not that, I, not that I have a choice. Uh, no, that's cool. I mean, but yeah, it's a good point to, to suggest that maybe it's not even Ray's vision. It could be Kylo. It could be Kylo's vision. He's seeing a dark ray. I, I'm also on board with Ray seeing a vision of her dark self, and she has to f- like confront her, her darkness. I travel like back does. to Acto or Act Two. If if Palpatine's speaking to Kylo, then it would make more sense that the vision is Kylo's. 
And the cloak that we see moving in unison is is actually Kylo looking at a vision of Rey. He turns around for a second and sees it like your like your journey is almost complete. And he turns around and sees that and he starts laughing, you know? No, or he's scared to death. No, no, like a uh, Palpatine's laughing. Oh, Palpatine yeah. his cow- cackle, you know, and Kylo's just like, I love her. No, not that he loves her, but like I know, I'm just saying. What did I do? Like this is not this is I, I was wrong. Everything that I've said is wrong, and then that makes Luke right again. Hmm. Huh. Wait, wait, imagine that. Guys, it's <sighs> just in. No. Wait, I'm telling no. you. I'm I'm I just my phone just buzzed. I looked quickly and just in case and Ryan's gone. Johnson <sighs> Ryan Johnson is out. Like JJ said, JJ, even JJ said, you know, he didn't really destroy my film or, you know, the the series is going to work together and uh, everything works. And yeah, but uh, there's just too much conflict, too much hate. Well, I I never even like last week you you told us he got fired, but I didn't hear he got rehired and now he's fired again. Oh, it happened. Probably it happened in the same show. It's crazy. It just changes so quickly. I know every time we just got to hang on. We're gonna be all right. We'll be all. I guess we'll be all right. One day, maybe Reddit will save us all. <laughs> hey, speaking of Reddit, apparently the entire plot for Nine is out there. Yeah, sure. And, I've heard some people, pretty crazy stuff too, man. Like I'm not looking at all. People are saying it's you know people can't really determine whether or not this is BS or if it's the legit thing, and it's it's coming from people who you would think would have a read on the situation. Yeah, like making Star Wars is supposedly. I've seen it in the Facebook group, and well, let's not let's not put words in people's mouths, but oh. apparently the plot is out there. No, I Maybe. mean there's, there's some rumors, there's some big rumors being from some big sources, and anyhow, there's many people are saying. <laughs> there's a lot of people, a lot of people are saying it's big rumors, big rumors, plot, many people. It's a big plot, bigly. <laughs> Wow. Alec Baldwin, everybody. It's a huge plot. Huge plot. See, in French, that's an insult. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm so glad we have, like, zero Quebecois (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Especially those who would be offended by that. No, no, but that's the part. That's the funny part. <laughs> Most Quebecers wouldn't even be offended by it. They need laugh. They yeah, go, yeah, that's, much. Pretty, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I am. I am. <sighs> Yikes. Um, no, I, you know, <laughs> I think if I think whoever Palpatine is talking to, I, like whoever he's what talking if, to what is, what is what having if, that vision. So if he's talking to Ray, that's a Ray having a vision. If he's talking to Kylo, he's having a vision of Ray. I think that's what we'll get. Another interesting thing, though, going back to my left field pull of, of Palpatine talking to Leia, Carlos, you mentioned that she's wearing Le- what appears to be Leia's ring. Mm-hmm. Again, why is Dark Side Ray wearing Leia's ring if that's uh, Leia's ring? That's what, weird to me. If it's Kylo's vision, he killed. She killed her. No, but no. If it's Kylo's vision, he he already killed his father. Seeing a piece of his mother in Ray, who's evil. My well, we're getting to Oedipus stuff here, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that would kind of indicate if she's wearing Leia's jewelry, like it would kind of almost indicate that 
you know, Leia's gone. Oh no, that Leia if it's Car- real. If it's Leia- real, Ray. Yeah, if it's real, Ray. But if it's a vision, it's it's uh, how he feels that she she was probably a better mother to Ray than she was to him. Mm, I like that. Mama. It's all about symbol symbolism. Oh, here, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's karaoke night here, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I, is that it? Did we did we beat the, those those uh, Rick talking points up? They were pretty There's, good. Great thoughts, honestly. Great thoughts. I just wanted to add on also uh, when uh, you hear uh, Palpatine say that your journey is nearly coming to an end, and then you hear Vader's voice. Uh, you hear Vader's breathing. There's kind of like a voice underlaid there that kind of sounds like whether. Uh, at first, I thought it was Luke, uh, and then I thought it was uh, Anakin. But I, I've come to the the realization that it's it's Kylo saying, "I destroyed him," which he says uh, to Snoke talking about Han Solo. Yeah, and that come and that comes back to my point of Ray wearing Leia's ring, and how both his parents felt more of an attachment to her than to him, and how that could push him. Uh, scare him straight or push him uh, completely over the edge. He also says says that to Han. He was weak. Yeah, he foolish, was weak. So I destroyed him. Yes. Yeah. Talking about himself, right? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. I. Okay. Well, I mean, I, the, Rick. Thanks, man. That I think uh, I think we hit on Rick's points, but I'm gonna open the floor to you guys here because um, I've I've spoken about. I've had my say about all this stuff. Uh, what, Corey, what else jumped out at you about the trailer? P- pick something. We'll, we'll try and plow through a couple more things here. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say, uh, just talk about the trailer in general and how amazing it absolutely was. My mindset, I was ready for this thing. I've been, I had been waiting, you know, with the podcast and all that. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to see it. And then when it dropped, I was like, oh, my God, I waited till a time that I could actually give it its due, you know. So I waited till lunchtime and I, I found a room in the building that was absolutely vacant. And listen, man, it gave me chills, gave me goosebumps. And I've watched it uh, only maybe about a 10 to 12 times, something along those lines. But every time it's I'm given sure. me goosebumps, every time, man, like I just get in that mindset, right, where I'm like – you know, I take a breath and I'm like, I'm going to watch this trailer and I, I get in the mood and it just whisks me away. It sweeps me away every time. It's such a choice buildup of moments and clips. The music, the ah, it's just so well done. Uh, I'm a sucker for a montage of that magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just it, it killed me, man. It was so good. I definitely loved it. And uh I mean, there were so many good talking points. I loved like the prequels didn't get as much love as the OT, though. That's for sure. It's like they had a long OT montage, and then it's just like boop, 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 boop. Here's your brief points. The prequels. Let's skip over that. Uh, but I don't know. Um, pick pick something aside from what we already spoke about. Uh, what, what else really slammed you? Three PO. Three PO with the red, red eyes. eyes. Yeah, I really thought Do, that was kind of cool. You did recognize him with the red eyes. Did I recognize him? Yeah, you, well, I mean, you may not have recognized him because of the red eyes. Ah, for sure. I mean, it had to be 3PO. <laughs> oh, Come on. Geez. 
that whoosh, the whoosh sound right, you hear. Right yeah, over yeah. the joke going over your head. Yeah, I get it. With the red arm, I get it. Uh, too late. But it, the more important question is where did you get the gold arm back from? He got that back in TFA. At the end of TFA when he's waving to the Falcon, he already has his yellow <laughs> arm back. He's waving the fixed arm. <laughs> oh, shit. I think there's a comic about it too, I think. <sighs> anyway, whatever. The eyes. <laughs> The eyes are pretty interesting. I mean, it can mean a multitude of things, man. Like, uh, Anthony Daniels has gone on record. Like, he's been kind of, it seems like he's been happy with his final role in this saga in the sense that he's getting a bit more spotlight, a bit more notoriety. And that's kind of cool, man. He has said that 3PO is all over this movie. Yeah, and I kind of like that. I mean, mean, you know, Anthony Daniels deserves it, you know, 3PO has been a big part of this. I like the way that they had Anakin build him and all that. I, I really actually like that a lot. So to have it come full circle now at the end, I think there's a lot of possibilities for this. I think a lot of people have gone on the, uh, you know, like battle mode. I just don't, maybe he will fire a gun or something like that. But I think there's more to what's going on here with him. Like, I think they're, they're going to do something to, him and his programming that's going to lead to something more kind of, you know, like they're going to unlock a whole new 3PO possibly. Like someone who doesn't give a crap anymore. He's just not the same person. Maybe they're uploading like six trillion forms of communication into into his database. No, I think uh, he says it. Uh, he goes, uh, impersonating a deity would be against my programming. Like, yeah, like he, take that out, so- gone. So I think uh, we're going to have a, a Sony versus Disney lawsuit coming. And uh, this is because of uh, activating instant kill in 3PO. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it'd be I really know. interesting to find out. Like, you know, he seems again to be a big part of the crew. In the trailer, he was with the main stars. Uh, I don't know. There's like, something I, there where he'd be useful. I'm all for it so long as R2 is there as well. I, he's he's just so painfully absent, and it's killing me. Yeah, I think it's JJ might be saving that. That's I, I hope so. I think he's I the really hero. I really hope so. R2 has to play a massive role in this. Both droids do in my mind. Like, I know 3PO's a neurotic mess, Carlos. You're probably throwing up in your cap. But, but I, this is this, it. this could uh, remedy that for Carlos. By the end of the saga, like... This is 3PO, uh, 3PO's true self. Like, here, meet the real 3PO. So. <laughs> meet what could have been for the previous eight movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he's, uh, the characters and the performance is amazing in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So can't really complain about that one. Yeah, he's a neurotic mess. I love him for it. Uh, so can I uh, jump in with my... Uh... Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Corey, I love you. The deep cut with uh, the Akbar. You know, uh, could there be a less important character in the history of Star Wars? Uh, that was perfect. Um, you know, my I, kid calls him. I just want to say this: I have a big toy of him upstairs, and I keep telling him his name, but I let him say it. You know what he calls him? He's Admiral. Because it was innocent at first. He was like, who's that guy? Admiral Brownface. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. my God. Oh, that was totally worth cutting me off. Oh, Sorry, right. man. It was too cute. <laughs> he still calls him that. It's our thing. 
Ah, it's okay. It's cool. It's not bad. I've heard worse for Akbar, and frankly, deserves it. Um, Talk about eating him for Christ's sake. <laughs> I know <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I love, I love the tra- I love the the beginning of the trailer. But uh, when Luke starts talking, the the first character you see is is uh, is Darth Maul, which is kind of weird. Like weird. It's I, I don't know why. And then you see uh, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, uh, little Annie. Uh, Annie with his mommy, uh, Annie with um, with Padme, and and all these these quick shots are all of people touching each other's faces, which is kind of hands. Yeah, there's just there was just something weird about it. Like I liked it, man. It made uh, the connectivity no, of it all. No, no, no. I'm not saying I don't, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm I'm saying it's weird in a, in a curious sense. There's some, I, I, it, there's there, something there is to a, that. There is a a rhythm to the. That sh- the shots like, like I was saying, it goes through film by film. It goes a New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi, uh, Phantom Menace. So like, but the but the prequels don't get their their due diligence in the sense that it's like really quick. It's like here's yeah, Paul, but it's here's but, this, here's that. I like, understand yeah. why they did it though, because or else it becomes an in memoriam of the, of, of of the the other eight movies. So they, they, they wanted chose to choice stuff, man. I, I was very it was very emotional. I found. No, it was it was very good, but just that, that that turn from the prequel to the even to the sequel trilogy, and then we we get so everything's sequential, and then all of a sudden we start jumping back a little bit, which to me there, tell- there was one shot. Sorry, Carlos, there was one yeah. Return of the Jedi shot that was out of sequence, but by and large the OT was in sequence, the prequels then followed, and then yeah, they're, but they're, they did kind of like just snow globe it at one at a certain point. Yeah, no, but but it was for especially for the sequel trilogy. There was something about okay, so Force Awakens, Last Jedi, uh, and then bam, back to the Force Awakens, as if we need to go back to Jakku or we need to go back. Like for me, that's that's the thing that 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 triggered in my mind when I saw it. I'm like, ooh, okay, they're going back. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. As so, soon as we got closer and closer, it was like, oh yeah. So this is me. Obviously, I like Corey. You saw it probably. You said what? 12 times, 18 times, whatever you said? I said about 10 to 12. 10 to 12 times. Okay, so I've seen it probably about 80 to 100 times, probably. Yeah, I heard you, like, make your little... Me. Hand you yeah. card. <laughs> <laughs> and that, no, because um, I'm not one to really uh, delve into trailers and stuff because they don't want to They don't want to spoil a movie in the trailer. Like, that's just stupid, you know? Like, they, nobody wants to do that. They want to get you intrigued, so I want to see. I wanted to see what they could have done, possibly, to throw in there just to keep us attached to it and keep us. Look, obviously, uh, they don't even have to put out a trailer. I'm I'm going to see it on opening night, and they're, so they're not really marketing it to me uh, in in that sense um, because I'm going to be there and they're going to get my money. So maybe they're trying to get us nerds to really focus in on it and start up a conversation and get other people interested those people who might be uh, maybe opening weekend because believe me disney wants this opening weekend to be enormous huge Huge. yeah they they, will be no it will but i think with what happened with endgame i'm not saying it's going to make the same money but no it won't it's not but uh, I think they want to they want to push that nine hundred million domestic. 
I think and they, they want us to keep going back. And I think this movie is probably going to be between two fifty and three hours. Yeah, I'd be disappointed with like two hours and forty minutes. I think is got to be is got to be the like the, the floor on this movie. Got to be the floor, <laughs> and then after that, any anything after that I'm, I'm, is gravy. Yeah, because you need to tell the story right, and you're bringing in star destroyers that have been hanging out in space for thirty years. You're they're, they're, you're bringing back Palpatine. Yeah, you, you have to explain that exactly. Exactly, you can't just be like, "Well, it's the Force, and he's Palpatine." So, ta-da! Like, you gotta tell us how he did that. You know, like. I, the thing about Batu, like it's it plays a big part in Galaxy's Edge. It's gonna play a a big part in, in the movie as well. Absolutely. I don't want it to be a canto bite. No, I think I think Batu is got at this point it's gotta be hugely, hugely important. It's it's been in books now, multiple books. It's the it's the setting of their theme park. It's yeah. it, it's got to be a pivotal planet, pivotal planet. And I think in the new canon, it's one of two planets along with Jakku, both described as now they're like arid kind of dead planets, but one like both were at one point full of life. That is also something I think is going to have a bigger payoff in, in the rise of Skywalker. They've gone out of their way twice to mention that about planets. I, what, I don't know how that plays out. And what's the sandy planet called? Pasana? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. There's so much. We need. So much we need to, yeah. It sounds like there's so much new stuff coming into the movie that it, it's like, how, do you, how are you going to make sense of all this without too many hand waves? So bizarre. But I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, I, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. How about that? How about that great shot of Ray and Kylo battling it out on that presumably Death Star Two wreckage? Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, somebody pulled it. I don't remember if it was Kigo or somebody in the group pulled up a side by side with Obi Wan uh, turning off the tractor beam, like that yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'd seen that out there. That he, they're they were standing atop one of those columns. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, one of that. It was a. It was the tractor beam. It had fall. It had fallen over, right? So they were like kind of on it, slanted. Yeah. Um, it kind of takes that design. Is it this? Is it from Death Star One? No, probably not. But there's probably the tractor beam is probably uh, technology that they repeated in multiple things. So uh, it would uh, maybe it was just a little a little nudge nudge wink wink uh, to. Obi Wan and that, uh, yeah, maybe in that scene. Yeah. When do you guys think this fight is taking place? Is this a, a final act battle to you guys? Because I'm seeing a lot of people saying, "Nope, this is start of the film, middle of the film." But a lot of people dying on the hill that this is this, there's no way that this is the end. Uh, I would I don't know. It's it's too dark for me to think that it's not the end of the film. It seems. My, yeah, my, my original thought was okay. This is the climax. Like, yeah. what could be cooler than battling it out on on the, uh, you know, on the wreckage of the Death Star? I, yeah. I don't. I don't believe it is, man. I really don't believe it is the end of the film. I think it's reminiscent of 
what we've seen from uh, I don't know if it was a leaked image of the uh, cover of the what is it the making of Star Wars or uh, the uh, the images whatever the pictures of you know oh, the art the art of uh, the art of rise of, rise of Skywalker yeah it seems very reminiscent of that to me it seems to me uh, the way that scene was filmed I I almost feel like it was one of their force connections, you know what I mean? Possibly. It really seemed that way. Like just, it was very reminiscent of, uh, the force bond where you see the waves hitting Kylo kind of, you know what I mean? Like being that real, their connection growing that much stronger. Maybe, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Just that leaked imagery. It does seem very climactic. Don't get me wrong. And it could be very much that, but I don't know. I just don't think they – I think J.J. is holding that very close to his chest, the ending of this film. And I think this could possibly be very much more toward the beginning. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I did I – I threw it out on Twitter late in the week just saying, hey, we've, we've seen this teaser now for a few days. Tell me your, your boldest take for Rise of Skywalker based on this teaser. And somebody had, had tweeted at me and said the teaser did not – the teaser only gave us footage from the first third or first half of the film, which I thought that's crazy. Like didn't even occur to think about that, but it, it could be. I kind of almost tend to agree. Like maybe up to the leading into the second, uh, leading into the third act with the discovery of the, the star destroyers. Yeah, possibly really possible. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. So people are also saying that uh, if you look at the, the the fight and the way that the the battle poses, people are saying that they're, Kylo is fighting defensively. He's not trying to kill Rey in this. That they're, maybe they're training. I don't believe for a second they're training. Why would you pick that spot to train? Uh, but I can believe that at this point in the film, he's trying to get like they're fighting and she's trying to kill him, and he's just he's trying to maybe get through to her. I can believe that. I don't know yeah. that I do. I can, I can see that like the Zuko. Like I'm your, I'm your friend, you know, like how about this? Like when they are fighting there, did you see someone? I saw someone post this on Twitter, which was absolutely incredible, but in the background, almost on like a 45 degree angle, you see the, uh, the gravity well or whatever it is. The, the tractor beam, that Ben Kenobi stands on in That's a new hope. Talked. Yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> oh, I guess you had stepped away. I did. Yeah. My, <laughs> my son, I went to Lerone today. I went to a six flags park today. My, my kid kind of got up like not so long ago. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, one of the things that stood out the most to me in this, in this teaser was just that rebels. I'm not going to call it the rebel fleet. I'm going to call it like a rebel squadron. Just all those ships popping out of hyperspace, the, the, the Corellian Corvette and the X-Wings, the A-Wings, the, the Y-Wings, B-Wings. How cool is that, though, like visually? Like, I don't know, like what it is, just that extra touch of the paintbrush that made it pop so much and just seems so, mm, you know? It's all those it's all those super recognizable shapes just assaulting your eyeballs at once <laughs> not only that though but there was something about like the sequence of it and like just i don't know 
I loved it. I loved that shot. Again, like I said last week, just especially with the B-Wings. It, this it movie reminded might me of totally suck, but JJ put B-Wings in, so I'm going to love it. <laughs> it reminded me of Rebels almost, like just this ragtag small little squadron, you know? Yeah, you know, Jess Pava might be in one of those fighters with, with Snap. And Nia Numb might be in one of those fighters. Oh. Anyway, uh, anything else you guys want to throw in there? No, I think we're good, man. We did. Uh, I think we I did think it was trailer amazing. justice. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's. Uh, I there was just enough in that trailer to kind of speculate enough on and kind of try and piece together things. Like I think the training thing uh, is at the beginning of the film. You know what I mean with the uh, where she whips it at the training ball. I don't know if you guys talked about that. Uh, Ra- a little bit. We did talk about that just a little bit. I, I, I missed I, it on my first pass through, and I said, "Oh yeah, oh look at this. There's there's a training remote." But you know, one thing that did catch my when she catches the saber, and she's got that little red rag tied mm-hmm. around her wrist or hand. I yeah, there's something about I was like, that. What's that? A, what, what's up with that? Like, that's a weird thing. Um, there's this thing. I I'm not gonna explain it, but go go look it up. It seems to be something that um, it, they call it the red string of fate. When you have some time, just Google it, and it seems like it could be an, an important story element. Cool. It's, it's not. It's not a Star Wars thing. It's. It's like a. I think. I think it's Eastern, Asian type of like. It's a piece in Asian storytelling. The yes, Red String of sense. Fate. Yeah. So look that up, and uh, just depending this... on where you're coming from on the movie, it might be like, oh, cool, or it might be like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's 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 there. It's right there in the teaser. So. It definitely looks like uh, in that scene as well, due to the forestry or whatever behind them, the foliage that Leia is watching Ray train or training her. Possibly, for sure, they seem like they're in the same place. That's that's yeah. for sure. And just looking on, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that smile of recognition that Ray can do this. Like she is the one. Corey, I'll, I know I'll say it sounds like someone here read uh, read some leaks. What? <laughs> what? I don't, I don't read leaks, man. You know that. I do, I've I never. I don't want to ever, 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 ever spoil any of these saga films. You know what I mean? Like even the the anthology films. I've never. Whatever we've ever discussed has only been on this show, really. Whatever we've talked about i guess like i never want to delve further than that fair enough fair enough all right that's it again thank you to rick for for kickstarting this conversation uh we've got we've gotten a lot of mileage out of this teaser holy smokes hopefully hopefully none of this came off as as redundant and repetitive and rightfully so i mean come on that show was so good we're i mean we're gonna do this again in another five six weeks when the teaser comes and uh, we're going to actually do it again. We're going to stick with it right about now because Randomitable sent in a question. Long time since we've heard from Randomitable. So I hope you're doing well, sir. Uh, he's got a Rise of Skywalker question concerning the return of Palpatine. So he writes, I had a crazy idea about how they might retcon Return of the Jedi, and it goes like this. We don't actually see Palpatine die on screen, do we? Yeah, he gets chucked down a dirty great shaft and all this weird crap spews back up the shaft, then sort of backs up and surely he's dead? 
What if he's not dead on the way down the shaft and panics, and in this state of panic, gets so angry that when he draws on the dark side, and because he's discharging force lightning, succeeds in opening a world between worlds portal at exactly 88 miles per hour, maybe, and slips through it. The explosion we see is the portal opening, followed by all the weird material, then consumed by its closing. Plausible? Hashtag, may the force be with you. Randomitable, thank you, sir. Who wants this hot potato first? Carlos, you want you want it? Uh, Maul didn't die and he fell down a shaft and was cut in half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sith Lords don't like dying when you toss them down a hole. Nope. Uh, also, um, the blue lightning and the voices and the screaming that we get from people calling that um, Palpatine's essence. It's also the same sound we get when Palpatine attacks Mace Windu uh, in uh, the throne room uh, or in the the the, uh, the Chancellor's chamber scene there uh, when they want to arrest him. So as he jumps and he spiral, he spiral jumps. Yeah. You get that exact same noise. So to me, the, I always grew up thinking that that's the, the essence of Palpatine and all the voices of everybody that he killed to get to where he was. But I'm starting to think now, um, in retrospect that just like when he jumped to attack Mace Windu and did something that was prop like physically impossible, where he he's that's actually the dark side protecting him. So when he falls down that shaft, this is like the ultimate retcon. But like <laughs> as he fall, falls down the shaft, uh, he's calling on the dark side to protect him which would make everything else possible. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, like Anakin returned, he destroyed Darth Vader, he took out the Emperor, the Sith were destroyed, balance restored, briefly, but, you know, this this happened. This happened in Return of the Jedi. George Lucas closed the book, balance was restored to the Force, like, he made no bones about that. But, here we are, in 2019, Palpatine is back. Yeah, so his plan was never over. No, but they... I think according to Lucas, 30 years ago, it was over. But he also said he had 789 planned. Was Palpatine the villain in those movies? We're never going to know. So, but anyway, my point is, JJ and Chris Terrio and the powers that be, they, they have, they've found a way to bring back Palpatine. And I hope to God it doesn't trample what Lucas did. did. You know, like, it gives me confidence because at least I know Lucas and Abrams, they met, they they had this big roundtable discussion. So I'm I, I'm fairly confident that whatever they did to bring Palpatine back, I think it's probably got inspired by Lucas or has his seal of approval on it. I, I, I'm i going to have to be fine with whatever they decide and just go with that, that Lucas is like, nah, this works. No. <laughs> It's I've fine. convinced myself. I, I totally agree with you there that he they've given him the uh, seal of approval because, yeah, I just want to believe that. 
So, so I mean, in that regard, I'm going to give Random Minable's idea this, the seal of plausibility, for sure. Like, if Palpatine did crack open a portal and vanished into it, and he sort of, you know, think of it as like almost like being stuck in the Phantom Zone. And he needs somebody to come unlock him. Like, he can get in, but he can't get out type of thing. So, yeah, that might that might mesh with what we think we know about Palpatine and sunken Death Star wreckage and potential MacGuffins. Well, they, 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 I mean, it's not like it's... They've already done this in Rebels. So, I mean, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. It, it actually exists in that galaxy. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I do. I, I can't see the world where he was so powerful, Palpatine, that... You know, he, he was just this close to managing how to how like how to learn how to force ghost. Like he almost was able to get around the the, the idea that only Jedi can do this because they're selfless. He was he could find a way to do it. He almost got there, uh, but like he he'd have no way to man like he get his have his essence survive, but he would have no way to to manifest himself. And that's and that's maybe where Ray and Kylo come into play, and he sees those two pawns out there. So yeah, I, uh, yeah. So he's he's out there subtly tugging on threads to engineer his return and keep influence on on galactic events to prep for his return. No, I can I, see it. I, I want more than that from him. I want him to this Kylo and Ray thing to all be a part of his secondary master plan or whatever it is. You know, like I want it all to be. Apart, I don't want him tugging on strings, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can make my maneuver here and whatever. Like, I want this all to be a part of the eventual master plan of his. But what Randomitable, back to what he was saying, like, I don't think the Emperor really survived in physical terms, at least. Like, uh, like Kyle was saying, maybe transfer of his essence or whatever it is. Like, he managed to do something. And that that's kind of cool. Just unfortunately, I don't think that uh, enough people have seen Rebels. There's not enough of a following to really play on the world between worlds uh, to introduce that here in the film. I don't think that will come to the fore, unfortunately, because I thought it was absolutely amazing. And plus, you know, Palpatine never came. He just couldn't manage it. You know, like Ezra was there. Ezra thwarted him, and then... Well, I mean, they, they can tread very lightly there. Like I've always said, like they better not ever do this again, messing with time travel. But if Palpatine manages to get into that world without altering prior events, and he just comes out of it, like again, like a Phantom Zone purgatory type thing... I kind of like that, but again, like his main purpose in those episodes was to gain access to this world between worlds. And Ahsoka and Ezra kind of like they thwart him. Like they're able to fend him off to a certain degree and destroy the temple and all that stuff. And then Ezra liberates his planet and he's a great hero, whatever. But that just that he never gains access. Like that is such a big thing. They even go so far as to gather the pieces of this temple rebuild them and try and fool Ezra again to open it so that he can have access to it. And that was just, it, that's astronomical to me. It's just the, that feat in it uh, in of itself, what it could have meant to everything. It's so powerful. But what I really think that they could do 
with things like this is open the, the doors, uh, not necessarily introduce that world between worlds in this film, but definitely bring to the fore this ancient force, the mysteries within. I really think that's going to come uh, be a big thing in this movie. I think what Kylo and Ray have going on goes way back to the kind of the beginnings possibly of the force. So it's much more deeper. Wait a minute. That- are you reading your show notes from your last Jedi talk? Because you were saying the same things. Hey, man, the trilogy's <laughs> not over. You know, Ryan. You didn't answer my question, though. I, I do remember saying those things. And this film still has the chance to do that. Like, I, the doors that Rebels open with the, the world between worlds is um, it's a, everything to me. Like, the, that force, looking at the force from that perspective, all that we don't know, all that the current force users don't know, this ancient knowledge. In these temples, I don't know. There's just something there that I hope helps to bring everything in this film together and the entire saga in a nice – wrap it up in a nice bow in a very deep sense. But I don't necessarily think that they'll take such a deep cut from something like Rebels. But I do what want to – What if Rey and Kylo get into the world between worlds? Yeah, it almost seems like they're doing that from what we've read in the sense that you know they're – uh, having these force visions, right? Are they? I mean, we, they did. Yeah, but like this was like a month or two ago where we, we heard a rumor that they were kind of – I thought you like, didn't read the rumors. We talked about it on the show. <laughs> I thought you didn't talk about rumors. I don't know. It was brought up on the show, so we talked about it. <laughs> but there was something about them having a connection in this film that would allow them to uh, physically – have contact you know what i mean so that kind of brings it to that there's so much more to it yeah i mean, I, I, tech, I hope they steer clear from the literal world between worlds story point i don't want them to go there i mean if palpatine's there i, I couldn't get there ezra thwarted I mean, that, 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 un, that undoes rebels yeah to give if you're giving palpatine access to that in this movie, you've undone Rebels because stopping Palpatine in that point was a big deal. And Unless he wouldn't care. The... He, he, he would cause complete chaos to the timeline. If he could do this and that, he can end well, up... Exactly. As soon as he's in there, as soon as he can access it, he, the timeline is, is scrap. Sorry, go ahead, Carlos. I was going to say, unless they use the, war be- uh, the world between worlds to actually thwart his plan... And it's not Palpatine using it, then it's Ray instead. Or Ahsoka, man. No. No. I love Ahsoka. She's not in this. No, no, no. I agree. But she's the keeper of the world between world in my uh, headcanon right now. Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, yeah, plausible. I'm Mark me down for random animals theory being... Plausible, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely plausible. Definitely plausible. Nothing. I, I would tweak be... it. I would take world between worlds out and sort of substitute that. Substitute that as, as a type of phantom zone. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think some some kind of suspended animation purgatory for Palpatine may have been may have been may have been the thing the whole time. All right. So from that retcon, let's let's talk about a different series of retcons, and that will take us to the. Star Wars Commonwealth 
Knight of the Commonwealth, question of the month. Now, we're a bit late on this one, but Carlos, it was your month. It was, and I got it in before the end of the month. It's just the timing. (laughs) (laughs) So rather than just play your voicemail, I'll just let you preface preface the question here. Oh, I wanted to hear my voicemail. I don't don't need to do more editing. (laughs) So the the question of the month is, um, through the whole saga so far, and the uh, two standalone movies, what are your favorite... What it not not are what is one your favorite retcon and what is your least favorite retcon, and I'm disqualifying uh, Anakin making uh, C3PO because that just sucks and <laughs> and Bail Organa uh, asking for the protocol droids mind to be wiped as probably one of the best retcons. Um, That's something that needed to be cleaned up. Yeah, it definitely had to. And it, uh, it's just the way he did it. Jimmy Smith did it so well. And even Anthony Daniels' reaction to it was awesome. So, oh, my. Yeah. Oh, boy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> my spank bank. Gone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you went there. You did it. I did it. I did uh, it. Oh, boy. It's almost like I'm anxious to talk Sith Disturbers or something. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Uh, <laughs> so that's it. Those two are off the table. Um, so what are your uh, favorite and least favorite retcons from the 10 movies that exist right now? Keep, keeping in mind those two that are off the table. Yes, of course. Those ones, you can't You can't use those two. Um, my favorite... I mean, I... I've, this one's very easy to throw on the table, but just the way that they elaborated and worked in Galen Erso's flaw in the Death Star. Yeah, is that, I don't know if I don't know if I call it a, a, a retcon so much as as it is explaining something. Yeah, the flaw was always there, but now we learn more about it. Yeah, just because so, we don't know about it doesn't mean it didn't exist. Like a retcon is more like changing your understanding. Like yeah, fundamentally changing. Yeah, something. taking something from one thing and then yeah, like. It. Yeah, like Anakin building uh, building three PO is the stupidest thing in movie history. Like dumb. My my favorite is the conversation between Vader and the Emperor and Empire. The original was was fine, yeah. But in the the updated version, you know, it's it's Vader playing dumb about Luke. Like he doesn't like Vader knew about Luke. He knew about his existence. The comics flesh this out. But at, I mean, this is this is 2015 comics, 1997 special edition. Lucas was building built this in where now Vader was already aware, already aware of Luke Skywalker. No, but he says already it at the aw- beginning. He says, "Oh, the rebels are there, and Skywalker is with them." He says it right away. He knows who Luke Skywalker is. Yeah, but he also, but he's also like he when he calls him like the. Uh, I have no doubt this young. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt this young Jedi is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. How could that be? Vader goes. How can that be? Like he's playing stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For there, for there, yeah. And but he doesn't. I don't think he necessarily knows that he had twins. No. No, he doesn't. No, he didn't. He didn't know that he had kids. Period. Well, he knew. Yeah, he knew she was pregnant, but yeah, but he he thought she died. He believed that the child. He believed they were having one. 
he believed that the child died, or he assumed the child died with Padme. But then, you know, he learns. new hope happens. Yeah. Boba Fett tracks down the identity of, of Luke Skywalker, delivers that news to Vader. And, you know, fast forward to the crawl of Empire. And it says that, you know, uh, Vader is obsessed with finding young Skywalker. Because he knows it's his son by this point. Of course. But when the Emperor presents him with that news, he goes, huh? What do you mean? How can that be? So it's highlighting this fractured relationship between Vader and and Palpatine. And it's that first seed, I think, it's the first seed on screen where it's, where Vader has, like, you might think that Vader's got something else cooking. Why is he, why is he keeping that? Why is he playing stupid with the Emperor? So that's my favorite retcon. What about you, Corey? Well, I got a really weird version of the question. I didn't hear your voicemail, Carlos. So I got least favorite retcon, most favorite retcon. So I don't know. Let's kind of think about it. I mean, think about it. Doing away with Yub Nub didn't do anyone any favors. I think that's kind of a retcon when you think about it. I, I do like the new expanded version, but the music going no good. Uh I a lot of the stuff with the I don't even want to get into it with the special edition stuff with the Joe Wowza and the this and that, but <laughs> two things. Vader saying no in Return of the Jedi. That was a big no I love for that. me. Really? I hate it. Yeah, I love it. In no, Return of the Jedi? Different, there's yeah. different versions of it though. Doesn't matter. Yeah, like I didn't like it, I didn't like it in the first one, in the prequels, and I definitely didn't like it when they retconned it there. I was like, "Come on, man! It was you know a what? silent thing." I should have, I should have just eliminated everything that was done in the special editions from contention. Well, again, the 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 the, the question wasn't worded that well for me, but my one of my <laughs> biggest gripes is Greedo shooting first, changing that. Oh, you went there? Oh yeah, that's the worst. Like, why did you have to change it? Shooting up a mirror? Like, oh my god. Just he killed him. That's it. Where does it end, man? <laughs> Way to stretch. I'll I, dig I, deep for a best retcon. I I don't know if saying that three PO <clears throat> is Anakin's is a retcon, but I liked it. I liked the way they expanded upon that. It, it kind of just makes things. I know it's a big galaxy and this and that, but it really makes things. Uh, brings things a little cl- more closely knit and when he says thank the maker kind of really makes you think and the fact that a kid that his age built him you know just really amplifies what anakin was but my best retcon i know you're going to disagree with me here kyle but i have to go with thrawn even though it's not in the saga i didn't know this was saga exclusive or whatever but bring thrawn back into rebels was a big deal no that doesn't count you have to pick another one <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll stick with three PO then, which is disqualified. Ah, well, what did I like? I don't know. Retcon. Gee whiz, what did they retcon? Like retcon to me is like they they changed, they took something and they changed it. You know what I mean? They no, they take something and give it new meaning. They're retroactively. Okay. Well, how about this? Oh, this is bad. This is again negative. Like the whole Leia remembering her mom. Yeah, that's just poor writing. Yeah, that's that's Lucas not ever you know, changing his mind too often to the point where it's like, whoops, I've 
created too many loose ends for myself. Yeah. Like I, for, for that, like I don't, I don't like that Obi Wan was present for Leia's birth. But then when Yoda says that boy is our, or no, Yo, Obi Wan says that boy is our last hope, and Yoda says no, there is another. Like it, it that that sequence now doesn't hold up. Like it doesn't hold up if you watch in episodic order because you'd know that Obi Wan was in the same room when Leia was born. So it makes Obi-Wan at best – it makes him look stupid. Yeah, it's like you're lying to me. Well, I look, know. Obi-Wan is same. extremely flawed. He could have killed Anakin and he didn't. He obviously has PTSD. He has alcoholism problems. <laughs> and he's probably sexist too, so he didn't think that Leia had the force. Well, And that's it. It's, is it he either looks dumb or he's dismissive of Leia. He's because dismissive. that sequence and or falls Yoda. apart. Like, that sequence doesn't hold up over time. Uh, well, Carlos, what's what is your favorite retcon? I don't have many, uh, honestly. Uh, the uh, Rogue One, um, having them have that battle of Scarif uh, with uh, the Gold Squadron and uh, and having Blue Squadron be completely annihilated, which is why we don't see them in, in Episode Four. Mm-hmm. For me, that was awesome. Uh, probably my favorite in all of Star Wars. Um, How about the my, mid- Red Five? You get to see the yeah <laughs> Luke's replacement. Yeah, that no Luke is the replacement. Yeah, Luke is the replacement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Putting putting Dutch and Gold Leader, putting those two guys <laughs> into Battle of Scarif, was... and it looked good. Oh God. Yeah, that's dude. That movie. Well, like... See, so don't consider those retcons, though. You know what I mean. No, they're they're, they're light ones. They they're they well, don't really impact. Blue, blue, if that's the case, squad. then adding Chopper into Rogue One, General Syndulla. No, no that's an Easter not, egg. That's not a, that's not a red card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dutch and Red Five are, or Gold Le- Gold Leader and Dutch are more Easter eggs, I guess. Yeah, but the Blue Squadron, not not like seeing them on screen, and and being like, what the hell? There's a Blue Squadron. And then not no mo. Yeah, and then have them <laughs> all in the shield while the planet is destroyed. It's fantastic. For me, that was that was the best. Uh, that that was the best little thing of you know. Oh, and the interconnectivity between Rogue One and um, and A New Hope is is fantastic. So I really really like that. I mean, Rogue One in essence, the whole movie is a retcon. <laughs> you know, it kind of yeah. Re- it- a good one. It's a good. It's a good gap filler, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know what else I don't like? I don't know how many people this will make upset, but I I never ever would have put rocket boosters into R two. Oh my god, worst. I don't like that. Yeah, that I felt like that was just like a like that's just that's what the early nineties or the late nineties, early two thousands did to people. You know the only yeah you're so right <laughs> to make. R2 extreme more extreme R2, D2X to the max 3000 <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I was just, I'm just not a huge fan of that. It doesn't hurt anything, but it's At like, least they oh, kind really? of explain most of that in uh the Clone Wars where he's part of uh what's the name of this troop? Ah, uh, yeah, like uh, there was like a tr- there was a good 3 or 4 episode arc with him, the droid. Oh, Gaskin? Yeah, with with him, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, fine. Sure. That's where they put them in anyway. You know what I mean? So for me, the, is, that, is that where they put them in? Uh, no, they were, they were put in. We saw them in Attack of the Clones. He already had them by the time he. That's true, eh? But he yeah. had he had some kind of special. You're drunk, Corey. <laughs> Come on, you know you've been drinking alcohol again. Of course I have. Doesn't mean <laughs> that he wasn't highly modified. And ah, we'll watch. I'm gonna watch the episode again, but I'm pretty sure that they put in some kind of rockets in his legs. That every one of those droids got a special custom retrofit. Look, he's an extremely well put together droid. I mean, that's just you know, it's written in the script. It's it's, it's right there, Grump, Grumpy Corshi. <laughs> What's his face? Uh, Panaka told us. Yeah, extremely well put together droid. You know, on the whole droid thing, like three PO being built by Anakin. I know it's it's sort of off limits here, but I I I completely disagree with your take, Corey. And it's it's fine. It, whatever it is, what it is. I just I just didn't think it was necessary. What's that? That that. 3PO was built by Anakin. Yeah, shoehorned. I know. It was shoehorned. I, just, I totally agree with shoehorned, but it was one of those things that was like, oh, sweet. Like, I get it. Like, I mean, I, I remember at the time I was like, oh, cool. Like, nice little thing. But, of course, I was like 20. I thought much differently about things then. Um, yeah. If, if it was meant, if the intention was to highlight Anakin's prowess. Exactly. I got I got all that from his, his skill with a pod racer. I like this pin. Can I can I tell you some? Can I say where they screwed up? They could have easily had three PO be the droid that served them drinks when they land on the Trade Federation ship, and have that droid be stuck to Obi Wan and him following them along instead of getting to the planet. Or they could have brought R two along and had R two bring him back with them. But they only got to R two after they had to get to the surface of the boo first. No, but they would have to change the whole thing, like bring R two with them on their mission. Then you could have seen three C three PO swimming underwater. That's what I'm (laughs) saying. Like that, it would have been cool if if three PO was actually a Trade Federation protocol droid. Uh, You know, like very uh, dainty. You know, serving drinks and whatever and. Gets hauled off on this and gets hauled adventure. off with, with against the, his with, will. Yeah, of course, with the two Jedi and, nah, and he, he, he catches R 2s eye. Oh, why do you gotta go there, man? It's always I just why are you so it's... jealous? <laughs> okay, fine. I thought I, I just think that would have been better. Like when you see that at the beginning, it's like, oh, cool. So they have these types of protocol droids. I guess it expands the world a little bit, but then having him be on Tatooine is like, ugh. Worst. Like if 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 they wanted to make it so that Anakin builds droids, I would have flipped it. I would have made it so that three PO was with Padme, and I would have changed his look a little bit so he looks a little closer to that robot from uh, that old '30s movie Metropolis. I would have I would would have brought him closer to the to the original Macquarie look for three PO, mm. and just have him serving as part of Padme's entourage. She could use a protocol droid. Absolutely. So I, I would have had him there. And then I would have ha- I would have had Anakin build R two, and we would have first met R two as sort of like almost like Bucket from Resistance, where he'd be in a, in a dressed down state. And it, to me, it would make it line up better because when R2 you look at evolved. Anakin's relationship with with R two in the Clone Wars, the cartoon, like he loves that droid like nobody's business. It's almost weird. Like there's a whole arc where Anakin goes after R two, yeah, to rescue him because he's been kidnapped by the. Uh, the, uh, the separatists. No, this one, at, one point, knows he, at one point, he's he's floating in space, man. Like the ship was exploded, all this stuff. Like, 
Anakin's like out there, like I I know he's still out there and he is floating in space. It's crazy. Yeah, I think that whole family has this attraction to R2 that's not healthy. <laughs> like, like you said, he's a, he's a well put together droid. Yeah, but I mean, Luke knew him for about uh, four hours and uh, we've been through a lot being this droid. What? what? That's terrible writing. You know, when I mean, it's, what, it was a pretty intense couple of days. Oh, he's from a, a, sand, <laughs> a sand planet. That's probably the most action he's ever received. And and since R2 is like his surface is nice and smooth, you know, there's no sand there. It's not rough and coarse. And Well, R2's carrying the only video he's ever seen of a girl. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's going to cling like grim death to that droid. But I, I would have made Anakin build R2 and have R2 kind of be lockstep with Anakin f- until until he shoots him in a new hope. Imagine that. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, that's that's that. I mean, that's my own little headcanon. How I would have if I had to flip something in Star Wars, I, I would have flipped that dynamic. But yeah, retcons. I, I Jedi rocks is another. Again, uh-huh. we talked about. You, you mentioned that, but what about? I, uh, oh, I can't do that scene. I can't. So if, if my my happy one was uh, Rogue One, then my unhappy one has to be Boba Fett. Young Boba Fett. Yeah, just everything. Just Boba Fett. <laughs> just, just the whole thing, the whole character. <laughs> no, like, I, I don't like that we see him as a, as a, as a, like, why did it have to make him a kid to kind of mirror Anakin being a kid and then seeing each other later on in life? Like, he didn't need to be a kid. Well, it's, it's, it's similar. It's, a, I think it comes from the same place as making 3PO Anakin's creation. It's just, you're bringing these elements together that didn't need to be together. Yeah. It's fine, I guess. I mean, it makes kind of Star Wars weird in that way, in the, in the way that Star Wars is always weird. But I, I don't know that you really had to do that. No, I, I, I thought it was stupid. And then, uh, yeah, you get terrible performances from from actor <laughs> from actors like this. It's just like, no, not believable. Then his head. You know, he's he's gonna he's coming here, right? Daniel Logan. Oh, really? He's coming to Laval Comic Con. Oh my God! Okay, let me know so I can stay away from Laval. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking of going. You should. You missed the Montreal Comic Con. I know, uh, but I, I can't stand Laval. <laughs> oh, uh, say that again. Well, again, nobody's nobody from our province listens. So, if if there is, if my God, if there's somebody in Laval listening, it's not you. It's it's the thirteen. It's the fifteen. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, you know, it's not you. It's uh, it's the Pont Vion area that oh. is sickening. <laughs> sickening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, that's that's the worst one. Is like, yeah, let's make uh, so the clones are a clone of of a bounty hunter named Django Fett. First of all, the name Django is the stupidest thing ever. If you're not gonna put a D in front of the J, like you're just ruining it. And well, George George was very fond of that game, that Leaning Tower game as a kid. You know, you put you you take from the, a block from the bottom and you put it on top. It's that Je- game, it's was... Jenga. Ooh, <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> so <laughs> I think George had the same reaction. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's 
not what I was expecting. George has too, had too many yes men around him. That's the problem with George. <laughs> but uh, yeah, having having had you know the unaltered, I like the idea of the unaltered clone because he wants a son. But why make it a kid? Like just, I don't know. I just, and it's not even that. Everybody wants to see the baby. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's it, uh, Corey. Your worst one besides uh, every all the the stuff they changed in the uh, in the OT. The worst one? Ah, I don't know. I said Greedo shoots first. Uh, aside from that stuff, I don't know. I don't even know what to think. Like, what else was retconned out of that sense that made me? I don't know. I liked. That's not a retcon either. The way that Leia got the information, what they did with the uh, with Rogue One, basically saying like uh, the crawl in a no Ho- in a new hope, saying that you know this uh, big battle was won and this and that. I like the fact that you know that it's now sc- Scarif, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And the only bad things I can really think are the special edition stuff, to be honest. But are, are midi chlorians a retcon? No, uh, yes, yes, they are. And they, are they? Well, the from the way that Obi Wan had described things, but we know from George's initial take on the franchise, uh, they were kind of always a thing. This the wills mm-hmm. being this organic. Uh, they are the force. They feed off the force. Oh, and they're 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 the they're the go between. Between the Force and the user. Yeah, there you go. But they also control the Force or they feed off it or... It's their will. No, it's not the midi-chlorians will. Midi-chlorians are just the thing that's... The Force speaks through the midi-chlorians to the user. Yes. Midi-chlorians aren't the Force. Midi-chlorians are... Midi-chlorians are a cable modem versus dial-up. So the bigger the cable, the more midi chlorians you have. Oh, you better, don't have to convince uh, me of that, man. Like the I've better connection people, you have with the force. I I 100% agree with you on that. It's it's not the midi chlorians, but the uh, anyway. Let's just get to the all important one that Corey hasn't mentioned. I'm shocked. The migrating scar. Oh, there's a retcon. That's a retcon. Yeah. That was definitely strike one for JJ or uh, Ryan. Ryan, you were you were definitely on my list at that point. I was like, I'm watching you, man. I'm watching you because he what lied about, about uh... it first too. Like people called him out on Twitter, and he was like, No, what are you talking about? And like nothing happened. Then like, look, and he's like, Okay, it was for aesthetic purposes, <laughs> but like, why say no? <laughs> That's stupid. What about uh, digitally removing Sebastian Stan's eyebrows? You is, that, were... is that as egregious as the migrating scar? You were right. In the in the original versions, he's did you call him Sebastian? He's got full you, on eyebrows. You just called him Sebastian Stan. Oh, did I? <laughs> Instead Sebastian of Shaw. Shaw. Well, well, hey, listen. One Who doesn't look. like Sebastian Stan? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he he does have full on eyebrows in the in the first version of Star Wars, and then by the I think by the Blu-ray release they're gone. Yeah, that's okay. That makes sense to me. 
He doesn't need eyebrows. No, he doesn't, but it's a retcon. That's a good one. The Sarlacc. That's not a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a change. Not but... not too much of anything they did in Jedi, except for the eyebrows, was good. I like I I did I'm like I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I like that they put Hayden Christensen in. Yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't mind it because I'm that's... The, I'm, I'm there too. I'm definitely there too. But it, but it I mean, if you want him to be a force ghost from the last time he was a Jedi. Return of the Jedi is then that would have to be Sebastian Stan. It's just they're, they're just putting on the the best version of themselves or something, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if they reckoned in the future to be Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Oh. Imagine. No, they'd never nah, do that. W- no, no, never. They won't do that. It's one thing to do it to uh, Sebastian Shaw. It's it's another thing, and and even that is met with controversy. Yeah, you're right. That had people hating on it. They didn't need to do that. So it's disrespectful to Sebastian Shaw. I think there's an argument to be made for that. There's not a chance they're taking out Alec Guinness. Zero. Uh, yeah, I agree. Zero. It would work for me, though. Of course it would. You're just that type. <laughs> Whatever. You and baby. Okay. Uh, I think carlos are you satisfied with the i'll say not the quality because i think uh, you know Corey didn't understand the question so we get a low, low mark on that scale but we we, we spent a few minutes are you are, are you happy uh, happy happy <laughs> is an existential question uh choose happy am i satisfied with the effort absolutely good and you know we're going to come back to this in about six months. Yeah, I got to keep a seat warm for Palpatine, right? <laughs> yeah. Keep a seat warm for what JJ does with Palpatine and all the other sorts of weird things that might happen. Go for Pop- Palpatine. You remember that? Stop drinking, Corey. You're starting to slur your words. Palpatine. <sighs> uh, and uh, finally, just to uh, read <laughs> what I said on the message for the listeners of Tumbling Saber is that the baton for the question uh, for the month of September... Uh, has been passed to Dave Donovan, and his question's already sent in, so we got a question from Dave from a Knight of the Commonwealth. Awesome. Well, guys, that, that, I think that's going to do it for episode 190. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're done for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I know I did. I, I enjoyed sitting down with you guys, talking Rise of Skywalker and retcons. Good times, man. Good times. So uh, if you guys enjoyed this, uh, you can help us out by sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving us a review, sending in a nice email, like Rob Williams did us off the top. Rob, thanks again for that. Um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of ways to help us. So go do that. Uh, shout out to our good friend Rob Wade from Emotionally14.com for endorsing this episode of the podcast and all episodes of Tumbling Saber as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com which is, I, I think, as he calls it, the home for the permanently teenaged. Some, something to that effect. Anyway, go check it out. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. A bunch of great shows. Everybody's doing great work. We're all getting super stoked for Rise of Skywalker. We're going to scratch the Star Wars itch for you, so go check it out at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as a podcast 
provider. And so with all that out of the way, uh, Carlos, why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media? You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, search my Facebook page, uh, Carlos Candido Music, uh, and go to patreon.com slash Carlos Creates. Awesome. And Corey, what about you? Well, you know, you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. And definitely come join us in our closed Facebook group where you can talk all things Star Wars in a safe haven. Perfect. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and in the aforementioned Facebook group. Come join us there. It's getting real hot in there and spicy with all the Star Wars news coming. And it's, it promises to get even hotter as the weeks go on, as we get closer to the Rise of Skywalker. Full teaser tra- or full trailer, The Mandalorian, uh, Resistance coming back. It's The Mandalorian is going to be amazing. I can't wait for that. Triple Force Friday, Rise of Skywalker. Guys, I can't keep up. It's too much. I love it. I love Star Wars. I just love Star Wars. And uh, I'll end the, end the show with that. So that's it. Uh, enjoy yourselves, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you again in episode 191. May the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place, willing me through my dreams, fall away, signs, blindly, to the lines on your face, beating, strong. Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over
Those walls you build is all for me And I Become The man I want to be Your love And your road Please don't leave my heart broken And bleeding Now you're running Now you're running away, darling Please don't leave my heart broken And bleeding And how you're running Why you're running Why you're running Are you running away?